hey Sarah hey what I would like to watch a romantic comedy let us strike hands on the bargain and if I do not have the three of you married by Michaelmas it will not be my fault Do you know what Michaelmas is? I have absolutely no idea what a Michaelmas is. I think. Let me look it up now that I say that. Wait. Michaelmas. Wait, 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 wait. Let me guess yeah. what a let me guess what a Michaelmas All is. All right. It, what, wait, say the phrase again. If I don't have you married by, by Michaelmas. Yeah. Okay. So it's not a length of time because it's by Michaelmas. It's not like so I'm gonna say maybe no, maybe like next next spring. Let's say next spring. Hmm. Am I pretty close? It is September 29th. Ooh, so I'm not close. <laughs> no. So it's one of the four quarter days of, of the financial year. <laughs> what? <laughs> Isn't that funny? Who is this matchmaker that's randomly saying, I'm going to have you married by the end of the next financial quarter? I know. Isn't that funny? Because it's actually, it comes from the Christian festival of Michaelmas, the Western liturgical calendar, but somehow it's gotten so involved in English financial calendars that it's more of like a quarter thing michaelmas michaelmas well yeah. i'm gonna be using that in conversation yeah the archangel michael is the greatest of all the archangels and is honored for defeating satan in the war in heaven uh, michaelmas is a delineated time and season for secular purposes particularly in britain and ireland as one of the quarter days so do we wish each other a happy michaelmas happy michaelmas and you said it's the 21st 20 ninth 29th so end of september okay cool yeah. hey welcome to romantic comedy commentary.com <laughs> <laughs> we're a podcast where we talk about romantic comedies and what they mean to us and also the definition of michaelmas as always <laughs> i'm one half of your podcasting team i'm justin and with me is my co-host sarah and this week we are diving into a period romantic very comedy? much so yeah uh sense and sensibility that's right jane austen bitches man i'm gonna be real upfront with you sarah you're gonna be carrying this you a way little over bit. your head i not just in over my head like okay so disinterested <laughs> well okay i went into this not with the best idea okay so i have let me start over with that though All right. i have a thing in my head where there's just certain periods that make me feel uncomfortable when i say oh. uncomfortable i mean physically uncomfortable and it has a lot to Why? do with i know let me explain it has a lot to do with feeling uh dirty Constricted? no, no oh. dirty or dry i hate feeling mm. dry or dirty and like oily which is like weird because desert. I, you don't like the desert yeah oh yeah so like westerns i hate watching westerns huh. because they make me literally but it's feel so wet like in dusty England well no but time. this was dirty like this time period in my head it's like no one really like there wasn't like a uh I feel oily watching this movie. Like I just, it hmm. seemed like they probably went a long time before. I think I mean, at one point the they were like sponge bathing. It's the 1800s. They had a little bit more. I'm just telling you, I'm watching this movie and I'm getting this like greasy feeling because of the period. So I went in with that All attitude, right. but then also it took me what, like two to three weeks of you telling me like, have you watched it? Have you watched it? Have you watched it? And it was because going in, I was just like, I know this is going to be dry. I know. <laughs> I'm, and then I looked at it and it was like, it's a long romantic comedy. It's like two and a half yeah, hours. Yeah, it is long. Well, I um, guess it is the very end of the 18th century, beginning of 19th century. So beginning of the 1800s. Mm -hmm. Well, so, so, and I'm not saying I didn't 
like it exactly. It's 136 minutes. So yeah. it's two hours, 16 minutes. Uh, it has a crazy good cast mm-hmm. and it has a crazy good rating. Did you look up like what it, Rotten Tomatoes? 98%. Wow. Uh, 84 you know Metacritic. Why? Because Emma don't Thompson know. is awesome. She wrote this. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh. She's the only actress to have received um, an Oscar for writing and for acting. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's quite an achievement. At least in 1995. I don't know since then if it's changed, but according to IMDb, she wrote this over 13 years. She had over 350 handwritten notes, and she had been messing with it forever. And then she talked to... What's her name? Lindsay Dornan, I think, was the uh, producer. And she's like, I want you to make this. And so she did. And then she apparently messed up something on her computer. And Stephen Fry had to fix it for her. So in the credits, it it specifically thanks Stephen Fry because he managed to get the draft out of her computer. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? Well, that's like, did you ever read online? There was one of the Pixar movies they had like done Mm-hmm. And something happened when they were like compiling this or that, and they literally lost the whole movie. Oh no! And it just so happened that someone had a backup of the movie on a uh, oh, on their computer. Yeah, so they like almost lost a Pixar movie, and I can't remember which one it was. It might have been like Toy Story two or something. Like literally, huh. it was years of work. Well, mm-hmm. I'm sure they could have like pieced it back there from this or that right. eventually, but, but it like sucked. it would have taken forever. So, huh. so. It took her, how many years, you said? 13 or 17? It was like 13. Yeah. But to adapt a book to a screenplay? Yeah, because she had been fiddling with it for so long, and she had to cut a lot out of it, and she had to make all the characters fit. Apparently, the Jane Austen Society wrote to the production crew and said that they didn't like how um, handsome Hugh Grant was. Ferris is not supposed to be that handsome. He's actually a fairly ancillary character in the book but she wrote that with him with hugh grant in mind really yeah and she never expected to act in it she wanted uh, natasha and jolie richardson there's who are actual sisters to be in it but then i think it was the um studio was like no you need to be this character you know her best do you want to give a, can, can you give a quick summary of this movie or is that going to be impossible? Because I don't want to get bogged down in like a five minute <laughs> a explanation. Lot. I think I can. Okay. Because honestly, I think I need you to explain to me what I <laughs> Well, it's been about a month since I've seen it. You, you've Justin. read the book, right? Have yeah, you read the book? I have. It was a long time ago, but mm. I have. Um, okay. So the Dashwood sisters are three sisters and their mom. And their dad had a son from a previous marriage, yes? You're looking at me in a way like I'm going to be able to tell you. I think so. Their dad had a son from a previous marriage. His wife died. He got remarried. He hadn't fixed his will to let his now wife and daughters inherit anything. So when he dies, his son and his wife get all the money. And they basically kick the mom and the three sisters off their land. And then they're taken in by friends in Devon, and then they live in a little cottage, and they're trying to make do with the fact that they used to be well off, and now they have nothing and don't know what they're going to do for work. So that's where that quote came in, mm-hmm. is the neighbor was like, who's a total meddler, was like, I'll have, you, I'll have these three married by Michaelmas. And it's, <laughs> it's supposed to be set in 
winter. In in England in the winter it's still green and wet all the time and um I'm getting sidetracked, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Let's, okay, so they get kicked out of there. Yeah, this is not going to be a one-minute explanation, no. but we'll try and keep it tight, I guess. So they're in this cottage, and their one neighbor is a very nice, older, retired colonel, Brandon, Colonel Brandon. What's his name? Um, you keep looking at me yet again like, um, oh, oh Snape. the actor. Who's Snape? Uh, Alan you Rickman. You mean one Mr. Alan Rickman? Alan Rickman, yeah. Cut your heart out with a spoon. <laughs> it'll hurt more. <laughs> exactly. So he is uh, already kind of taken with Marianne, with Kate Winslet, because she plays the piano and she's this very free spirit. We find out that he had this awful story of this girl he loved who was also a very free spirit, but she wasn't to his... Um, uh, social standing she was lower social standing and he let her go and he considers that like a huge mistake and um, she had a daughter who comes into play later the daughter's like 18 meanwhile Mr. Willoughby is this dashing lovely man who's just wow Mr. Willoughby is so hot Greg Wise she uh, falls in love with him Marianne falls in love with him because she believes in love and everything and she's the middle sister. The younger sister's kind of too little for a lot to happen. And then Emma Thompson's the older sister, who's the serious one who takes all the responsibility. And Marianne's always mad at her because she's not like doing what she really wants and feeling everything. Um, she kind of falls for, oh my gosh, how do we explain this? She falls for her half brother's wife's brother jesus christ no wonder i couldn't make heads or tails this movie yeah. as i was watching hugh grant, it mr ferrers hugh grant so there's hugh grant's character his sister and his other brother and those are the Ferrers. and she falls for him but they but his sister finds out and is like shutting it down because emma thompson's not nearly high class enough for them all this ridiculous stuff ensues. They go into London. There's lots of sad and happy. And um, Kate Winslet gets kind of dragged around by Mr. Willoughby, who then suddenly leaves and gets engaged to a really wealthy girl. And she's like, what the hell? She was like in love with them. Um, then finds out that he secretly got Alan Rickman's lost love's daughter pregnant and like left her. And so they're like, you're lucky to be away from him. He's awful and he's only into money, basically. And his mom or his government or whatever person giving him money found out and was about to disinherit him. And that's why he had to marry that rich girl. Oh, Jane Austen, that, so much. So no, now I don't feel bad. It took you like three, four minutes to explain that in, in a concise way. Now I well, don't feel that bad well, that I'm like... we're still not through. Oh, oh, we're not through. Oh, no. yeah, yeah, we're not through yet. Okay, so, keep going. So meanwhile, we find out that Hugh Grant's character has secretly been engaged to this Lucy Steele forever. Lucy Steele decides to take it upon herself to have Emma Thompson be her confidant. Meanwhile, Emma Thompson's secretly in love with him herself, so it's just killing her. Um, but then we find out Lucy's not really that into Hugh Grant ends up marrying his younger brother and that leaves him open to become a country um, minister minister (laughs) and and then come back and marry Miss Dashwood Emma Thompson and uh, it all works out 
there's a lot going on in that two and a half hours and i missed (laughs) i i missed a lot of that oh and this is classic austin there are always multiple couples multiple things going on people are all connected and it's like woof. have you have you read most of her books yeah is this your favorite no what's your favorite pride and prejudice okay I mean, it. I liked some things in it a lot. I mean, obviously, like Alan Rickman is the man, mm-hmm. and I think one of the things he that just, plays like a haunted soul so well. One of the things that just makes me so sad that we were robbed of is, uh, like old man Alan Rickman would have been so Ugh, good in I roles. Know. I mean, just thinking of the things he could have done as like, you know, the the tortured old man giving advice to a younger generation, mm-hmm. things like that. It's like, oh man, Alan, you had so much more in you, and then. You know, everybody in one way or the other loves Hugh Grant. Uh, his stumbling, uh, I used that trick at one point in my he life. You've done that on purpose. I've, no, I've done that on purpose. It's disarm. It disarms oh, really? people. Yeah. And like a, <laughs> in a situation, I've bumbling. It, yeah. If you're in a situation where like you know the other person, um, like with kid, like with kids, sometimes I do it. Hmm. it. Where you know, like they're a little shy or they're a little nervous. If you mm-hmm. kind of like will slip in like a, 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 a um, oh, like you, you can't quite grab the words and and and, and they're just out of reach. <laughs> you know, it, it's like yeah. it relax, it relaxes it them. Yeah, and it do, it has a disarming, <laughs> charming quality to it. Unless you do it too much, which if then people think you have a problem. Oh yeah, once I get a couple <laughs> drinks in me, I'm sure you've seen me do it. Where it's like I just get stuck on a word, and it's almost like I need hit to kind of reset everything. <laughs> hmm. So Emma Thompson is actually 36 in this. She's supposed to be playing 20. <laughs> and Kate Winslet is 20 and is supposed to be playing 16. And apparently she was uh, set up to audition for Lucy Steele, but she really wanted the role of Marianne Dashwood. So she pretended that there had been a mix-up with her agent and and just went for it anyway. Really? And she got it, yeah. Nice. And she was terrified of Alan Rickman, thought he didn't like her, thought that she wouldn't be good enough to play opposite him. And then turns out that he really liked her and they ended up good friends. What's funny is you I've seen interviews with like the Harry Potter people mm-hmm. that say the exact same thing. Just like that every actor is yeah. like terrified of him, but he is the yeah. nicest guy so in nice. the world. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a, a thing where, uh, what's his name? The guy that played Ron. Uh, I can't think of his name, but the actor Ron played Weasley. Ron. Re- yeah. Ron Weasley was made a drawing of like. Uh, Alan Rickman I forget mm-hmm. like something stupid like stink lines on it or something like that <laughs> and Alan Rickman saw it and took it and the kid was like so scared and Alan Rickman it like cuts back to him he's like it's my most prized possession like, oh Alan that's sweet I know he's the best speaking of Harry Potter there are six people from this film that are in the Harry Potter films oh it, um um I have that written down the 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 Dolores Umbridge the yeah. lady plays Dolores Umbridge. Yeah. She is so. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I, I stop. Mm-hmm. I like, that's the like, one thing hey, where I did I pause her. the movie. I'm like, yeah, you just have name? a. You El- just, Elizabeth Spriggs. She yeah. is so good. It just makes you Staunton. hate her. I know. Just hate she's her. Awful. And I'm she's awful. Sure she's so prim and proper. And I'm sure she's a lovely woman yeah, in real life. In I guess life. that's. The, did you see Stephen King actually refer to, well, Dolores Umbridge specifically, but as being like the most villainous character ever written? Oh, really? Yeah, like that it was, that she was worse than anyone else he ever, he ever wrote. Uh, and she really Wait, is. Wait, Stephen King? Yeah, Stephen King was saying about. Uh, Amelda Staunton, yeah. About the character of Dolores Umbridge, that she was like more evil than any character that he had ever written, that she was just an evil, terrible person. 
Wait, but he didn't write her. No, I know. I'm saying oh, okay. he was just commenting. <laughs> was like, Wait, how does Stephen King write in this? No, no, yeah, because like it. the guy, if he's written so yeah. many terrible, evil characters, she he's like, I couldn't terrible. even do that. Yeah, yeah, Mrs. Palmer. So, other fun fact: Emma Thompson met Greg Wise on the set, and they got married. And um, he's Mr. Willoughby. So she and Mr. Willoughby met and married and had two kids together. I don't think they're together any longer. And then someone else met their husband on it, too, and I can't remember who. Is it the thing in Jane Austen stuff that the people meet and fall in love without ever really knowing each other? Because it seems like a lot of these characters... <laughs> I mean, I assume we're not seeing every single one of their meetings, but it seems well, like... Well, they're forced together, and it's a very small world. God, you're, tell, you're telling me. Small world after all, right? Yeah, right? Um, it's like... You're of a certain class. You're already in England, which is just the size of like Ohio and some of Michigan. It's not big. And then you like are jammed into these formal occasions together all the time. I don't know. Well, I guess I'm just saying it seems like like... they always know of each other their whole lives. Yeah, but it seems like what we see here, they never really, they seem to fall in love without actually having any idea what the other person is like. You know, we don't get those moments like in other romantic comedies where it's like, oh, they're on this cute date where they're learning about the other yeah. one's past. And it's just yeah. more like, oh, dear, sir, you it's much more like thou handsome me. Yeah. Set up. I just more didn't know. Formalized. If that, I didn't know if that ran throughout her books and was just like a thing of the times or. Yeah, uh, it's definitely uh, of the times. OK. Yeah. I wonder and how that would work in application. You know, like a, not quite arranged. Not quite arranged marriages, mm-hmm. but you know, things where it's just got to be well, that's like, how they did it. like, do you like them or not like them? Okay, good. Right. You're done. You're together. Rest yeah. of your life. And that's Boom. it. Boom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, the scene where Willoughby rescues Marianne in the driving rain took 50 takes and Kate Winslet got hypothermia. Holy shit. Doing it. Yeah. No, that looked miserable. I didn't. Yeah. That whole part was to me was weird. She's just like, let's go running. And then like, she loves to go my. out in the rain. She's just such a romantic. She needs, uh, you know, to always be in these high drama situations. <laughs> I don't know. I was also a really big fan of their, you said neighbor, but weren't they related somehow? Like a cousin of someone that have took yeah, them in and gave them that, so. whatever. Mm-hmm. I love the, they're all related. Yeah. What? Well, no. I love them, the both of them because they were just so <laughs> nosy. Full, well, nosy, but like so just full of life. And yeah. Like, yeah, they were deep into everybody else's mm-hmm. business, but they were just so pleasant about it. Because, you know, yeah. like there's people that are nosy and they're kind of curmudgeon It's like, mm-hmm. how is this any of your business? I'm like, I would love a woman like that to be in want to know about my life. Very jolly. Well, because if she's that excited to know about my life, I'm like, hell yeah. But she'll tell everyone. Yeah, they, I don't have secrets to keep. She can tell everybody. As long as she gets me he amped up. He ate another sandwich in bed. <laughs> he ate an entire pizza by himself. Yes. I did that last weekend. It was excellent. Mm. Yeah. Every pizza is a personal pizza if you try hard and believe in yourself. <laughs> I saw an advertisement at an NCAA game this weekend for Pizza Hut about Book It. But it wasn't about Book It coming back. It was about all the good Book It had done. And then there was no mention of like Book It coming back. Yeah, it was just just like, remember Book It? That's exactly what the ad was. It was really like, 
you know, pizza. It gave pizzas to kids and it, just, it helped them read. Just buy and book our it was pizza, great. remember? Yeah, no, that, maybe that was really... <laughs> That's really fun. Maybe they're setting up for it because it's getting to be close to the but end I'm of school. But I'm telling you, there was no hint in this ad of like, pizza, huh. it's bringing book it back. It was all backwards looking Weird. pizza book it. And I, and I wasn't the only one sitting there. I saw a couple other people turning to their sides going, what the hell was that? That's funny. That's, that's not an ad for now. That's, that's just not saying, right. It's basically saying like, remember all that free pizza we gave you? Time to pay the piper. Yeah, come and buy some more. <laughs> I used cool. to love Pizza Hut. God, they had those bread, the, the cinnamon sticks on their buffet. Oh, yeah. That oh, was good. And those red cups and like the, the table, the Pac-Man table where the game, the screen was on the table. Oh, God. <laughs> they need to bring back. The, there's a reason some of these businesses did so well is yeah. they were good businesses. Yeah. Now we just have. It was shaped like a hut. I know. It was great. I love <laughs> more than anything in this world when you drive down the highway or go through like a, like a smaller town and you can tell. You see that old not, building? You, you, not even just Pizza Huts, but like, oh, that used to be a White Castle. Mm. That used to be a Wendy's. Oh, look at that old Taco Bell that's now oh, a thing. Or yeah. the old the old Pizza Hut is... There's a, the old Wendy's, yeah. You can tell those. Or the old Sizzlers, too. Ponderosa. I've, I've seen an old... No, an old Ponderosa. Yeah, an old mm -hmm. Ponderosa converted into a church. I was like, that just yeah. is, that kind of is yeah. interesting. I guess it makes sense because they're long and can fit a lot of people. Yeah. But like, it's just kind of weird that you looked at it, You're like, that has a church sign in front of it. That definitely used to be a Ponderosa. Mm, I loved Ponderosa. <laughs> Was Ponderosa the buf like a yeah. buffet? Mm -hmm. Okay. I think we used to have one. I think I went to it a couple times. They had like a, it was like a broccoli... Maybe it was a broccoli noodle, like noodle or a broccoli rice, like dish. That God, I loved it so much. I have a buffet strategy. This may uh, not surprise you to yeah. hear, and <laughs> I'm not surprised <laughs> at all. And it's and it's that uh, plate number two is mm. always dessert. And let me tell you why. Mm. Because as I was as a kid. I would always eat with my eyes before my stomach, uh -huh. you know, so I'd get all this food and I get and then like, you'd never make it to and I never get to dessert. Mm. So since I was a kid, I always get dessert as the second plate huh. and then go back for more meal so that I can make sure to get my dessert. Did that work out for you? It always works out. Yeah. Hmm. Cause then sometimes I'll go back the to like a stuff in the middle. See, and I don't, but I want to make sure I get it. Yeah. That's the thing. I want to make sure tough. I get it. And I like doing, I've got a thing I do. I get the brownie. I get the brownie, the, the molten brownie. Okay. And then they've got the pudding. And I put the pudding on top. On it, yeah. And then, and then I put, I put, no, I don't go for the whipped cream. I put a little bit of hot fudge on top. Huh. And then sometimes some, um, sometimes chocolate some chips. chocolate chips. Yeah. Mm. And that's like my, my little buffet. Okay. I yeah. like it. I love buffets. As Homer Simpson would say, you don't make friends with salad. <laughs> Yeah. So back to the sensibility. That's right. This is the first film uh, that Ang Lee ever worked on. That, that was a big studio film. My mm -hmm. mind, because I remember him more from uh, the abomination that is the, the Hulk. Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Yeah. But I mean, also like I, ne I never. He saw did Life Crouching Tiger before he did the Hulk. Yeah, and broke back. I guess he does yeah. have a pretty. Oh yeah. Wide. I mean, Life just of Pi. But I'm just saying, like yeah. very wide. Like it's mm -hmm. it's not like he you got can... his MFA at Brian's alma mater, University of Illinois. Okay. No or his BFA. Sorry. Oh, cool. He um ne said he would never work with sheep again because they couldn't get the sheep to do what they wanted, and then of course he did on Brokeback Mountain. So. And also, <laughs> it was supposed to be winter, which means that the neighbor had probably a good eight months to get these girls married. 
If we're going from winter to September mm-hmm. 29th. Yeah, she wasn't putting herself under the gun. No. That's a good that's a good amount of time in Victorian times. Well, not quite Victorian. God, again, can you even imagine going from meeting to married in a matter of like Some people do it. 7 or 8 months? Yeah. I can't. I'm listening to Dirty John right now. Yeah. It was like 4 weeks something well in, in in a way i do envy those people that you hear because occasionally you'll hear like a friend's parents like, yeah, where it's we like knew. we knew we kelly knew right ripa away. and mark consuelos they eloped yeah and i mean i envy those people a yeah. lot because there's nothing in my life ever period yeah. that i've been like i know this for a fact immediately i'm gonna do everything it. must be she dissected she knew, and mauled over to the point where it, it is that he, he was going to be her husband when she saw a picture of him before they'd ever met because he was going to be cast on All My Children. And she saw a picture of him and was like, I'm going to marry him. Okay. He, here, though, with that is another question. Mm-hmm. Is that a function of like... It, I can think of many times I've seen a picture of someone. I've been like, that that person is attractive. I would, I would like to kiss that person's Mary. face. Well, I'm just saying other him. people's minds may wander further into that. Were there other pictures, I wonder, that she looked at and thought, I could marry that person? I wonder. Well, she said that her ideal was... Um, What's his name from Chips? Um, or not Chips, good God. Miami Vice. Who's the Hispanic guy from Miami Vice? I don't know Miami Vice. I mean, I know of it. Yeah. So she was like, I already had a bit of a type. And then Mark Consuelos came on the scene and I was like, yes, he will be mine. <laughs> <laughs> that just, you know, and you hear those people, it's like we got married after four days. I, I mean, I just can't imagine that. Because here's the other thing that I always think about that these people never probably got to experience when you do something that quick is the idea that like you don't really know a person. I this is what I believe. I don't think you really chips. Is it chips? Yeah. Oh, um, is it? uh, Oh shoot, the guy with the yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everyone's screaming at us right now in their car. What to say chips? Because they know Eric Estrada. Eric Estrada. There we go. We got it, everybody. We Eric did it. Estrada. <laughs> Back to what I was saying. I I wonder with these things sometimes when you meet someone that quick and as quick as they do in this movie. I really, in my heart of hearts, believe you don't know a person until you see like something really bad happen to them. Yeah. And like them lose. Because everybody, you know, it, it, all the world's a stage. You know, mm-hmm. we are but players. Like everybody has something that they put up there, mm-hmm. and and I can honestly say I've dated you know a few girls that um, when things have hit the fan, one of us has become, and I include myself in that. I said it, one of us or both of us have just broken down and become mm-hmm. a, a puddle, an ugly puddle of something the other person can't handle, or you know what I mean? Just things but don't jive at that point. Here's what I have to say Talk to, to play devil's advocate on yes. that situation. I just read a McSweeney's article about this where it's <laughs> like, make sure you don't, oh, it's a, it's kind of like the onion, but literary magazine. Oh, okay. Yeah. People, it's an anthology. People submit stuff okay. to it and it's, it's all humorous. And um, it was like, make sure you don't get married until you do blah, blah, blah. And it's like, make sure you don't get married until you live together. And then it goes on. Make sure you don't get married until you've, you know, 
had kids first because that's a really good way to figure out who someone is and then it's like make sure you don't get married until your spouse's um parent dies because you never know how they're going to handle that make sure that you don't get married (laughs) until you know at least one of you has lost your job because you never you just don't know until you see you know how they handle losing it's a big commitment and you know and then it goes on it's like make sure you don't get married until your spouse dies because you're never gonna know until you really feel that loss you won't be prepared to marry them and it just keeps going i thought you said this was supposed to be a uh like a humorous funny thing i'm kind of getting behind everything the author's saying i I think they're making a real point though but that's the point justin you know but i'm saying like they make some good points You have to take the leap. No, I, I get, I, I do agree that yeah, there is a point that you have to take a leap. What I'm saying is that and in these seven months, people die way more in these in seven these months. Okay, I, okay, I, I am, I am hearing you. I am just taking this. What we are looking at today. So what would this be like today? If seven months back then, when everyone dies, would this be the equivalent of like a two-year relationship nowadays? Yeah. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah. yeah I okay. Think so. Okay, then I can get on board with that. Yeah. But I mean the the like. This is like 1998, and they're like, I'll have you married by the year 2000. I think, okay, then I get that. Now I'm a little bit more on board with this movie. Okay. Okay, we just, now we got to make, we just got to put things in terms I You're can understand. You're going to get married when it's 1999, <laughs> right? How many people do you think leading up to the new year just got married in a fucking hustle because they were like, it's going to be the year 2000. I have to be married the by year then. 2000. That was a great skit. I'm going to lose all my money. I better get married. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't. I was 13. Hmm. No, I, I was 16. <laughs> I was one thing. It was Michaelmas. No one knows. Um, <laughs> The guy who did the music had to make a Ben Johnson poem set to music for Kate Winslet. And he I think he was nominated for an Oscar for his music. Did a really good job. Hmm. Uh, ben Johnson was like really old school poet back in England. Like around... John Dunn's time, kind of. I don't. I, don't, I mean, you. <laughs> okay, let me you, say some you, other yeah. words. <laughs> you do. You do realize you're using one poet I don't know, and <laughs> you're explaining explain him to the, the yeah. <laughs> well, yes. You, name name some other people I don't know, Sarah. <laughs> um, what about Philip Marlowe? <laughs> <laughs> Not familiar with the gentleman. He was like he and Shakespeare were at odds. He was more popular during his day. Ooh. We'll have to save it for a Shakespeare episode, he but I'm excited to get your take on if William Shakespeare, Shakespeare was a real person if he wrote his own play. What? But we'll shave we'll save that for a, an actual Shakespeare. And then episode. Willoughby quotes <laughs> Mr. Shakespeare, Willoughby. Mr. Willoughby quotes Shakespeare's <laughs> Sonnet 116 um, when he's he's saying it aloud to Marianne. It's such a good one. Let me not to the marriage of true minds. It's so good. I. I know love's not time's fool though rosy lips and cheeks within his bending sickle's compass come love alters not with his brief hours and weeks but bears it out even to the edge of doom if this be air and upon me proved I never writ nor no man ever loved hmm? Hmm? it is it is beautiful prose it sounds <laughs> lovely 
it sounds like gobbledygook to me. I'm, uh. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the guy that says that. But it's Shakespeare is something that has never resonated with me. What? I will no, I, love I, it. I will go. I have seen Midsummer Night's Dream. I have mm-hmm. sat there and and I I appreciate it in that how it flows. Mm-hmm. And I know that the stories are. It's amazing what William Shakespeare is able to create mm-hmm. in his time. And again, there's a lot of people out there that think it was multiple people, but we'll get into that in another episode. Okay. Um, but for whatever reason. I just can't get. I don't. I think it's because I haven't exposed myself to it enough. I can't listen to it. And Maybe you're not it's like an another, auditory learner. Well, it's like another language. It's to me. It's well, like it is, it's like yeah. a, learning another language, and mm-hmm. I have not exposed myself enough to it. And I can confidently say at 34, I'm probably never going to. Hmm. But so I can. You sit, have to read it first, and then you have to watch it or hear it because then it makes more sense. Yeah, I. Just, but hearing <sighs> it is how you should really, like, experience mm. it. And I have respect for it. I just, mm. again, I, I just, I'm not a person that that resonates with and it never has. And I doubt it ever will if it hasn't by this mm. point. But you never know. Maybe I'll get hit by a lightning bolt and all of a sudden everything will change. That's true. Yeah. Okay, I was wrong. Emma Thompson did 13 drafts written <laughs> over four and a half years. So four and a half years. That's a lot. But 13 drafts. She's insane. But man, she is good. I love her. Love her. What and her was... name is Emma. She's in love, actually. It was nominated and so for is Alan seven Academy Awards. Yeah. And only won it one. It was nominated for Best Picture, Best <clears throat> Actress, Best Supporting Actress, Cinematography, Costume Design, and Music Slash Score. And it was also nominated for and won for Best Adapted Screenplay. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Best Costume. I wonder who the hell beat it in Best Costume. I don't know, but those costumes, so much like, a seriously, like a third of IMDb is the dress that blah 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 wore in this scene was also worn by blah 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 and this and blah 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 and this like they reused so many costumes for Mansfield Park and Persuasion and it's just like they must just like switch them all out something called restoration is what beat it restoration yeah i've never heard of restoration well you know restoration hardware is a very popular you know oh hugh grant was in it meg ryan was in it sam neill was in it man what the hell okay we might have to actually look into whatever this movie restoration (laughs) a young doctor robert merrivelle enters the service of king charles the second yeah okay maybe we'll have to look into that hmm Sounds boring. It, it, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, Sarah. I thought this it, it would probably hold my attention. Maybe the same as... Okay, so Mr. Willoughby married that rich woman. Mr. Willoughby. Her dowry was 50 grand. Okay. He had to marry somebody for money because he got disowned for getting that girl pregnant. Mm. That's nearly $3 million in today's money. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> so that's not wow. fucking around money. <laughs> yeah. How did... Okay, maybe you'll know this. Maybe I will. Like Jane, so Jane Austen, her books deal with upper crust in general, right? Yeah, most of her stories. Mm-hmm. Was she upper crust mm-hmm. then too? Okay, because I I always kind of wondered. This seems like it would be such a guarded world. Mm-hmm. I mean, guarded just in or a wall. Well, nobody guarded, wrote about anybody yet. Mm. Like like the whole upstairs downstairs people of Mansfield Park and. That was really the first... I literally don't even know what you just said. I Have you seen um, <laughs> Downton Abbey? No. I'm aware okay. of it. There's the rich people and then there's the help. Sarah, you can look at me with those eyes. I guarantee you there's more people listen listening to, the to this that are on my side. coming out of my mouth. You don't have to look at me. Just listen. The, the whole, like, the rich people mm. and, and then the poor people that work for them. Mm. 
Everyone was writing about the rich people. Mm. That's the interesting stuff. Yeah. But how... But she wrote a lot about rich people who had lost their money or were going to lose their money and what they had to do. It's a lot of like choice between economic security or love. Mm. That's like her... She loved that area. Mm. You know? I guess what I'm saying though is like... For women. Because she wrote, you know, female characters. Yeah. Which she was like the only one who did that because she was like, I mean, was it revolutionary? God, what else? Have I read anything else of her or have I read anything of hers? Do you think? Clueless. I've read Clueless. <laughs> You've uh, watched it. I, it's the no, same I'm thing wondering, as do you too, read right? any of her books in high school usually? Yeah. I read Pride and Prejudice in high school. I definitely didn't read that. Hmm. Was she the... Am I thinking of the Brontes? Yeah. Is the other the Brontes is who I'm probably thinking of. Mm-hmm. Are those the really really boring, depressing ones? Yeah. Okay, then that's who I'm thinking of, yeah, not no, Jane Austen. They're not the okay, same thing. Then that's who I was thinking of. Aww. So no, I've not read any. No, Jane she Austen. was like situation comedies, like the fir- she was like the first situation sitcom man, like the best. The opening line to Pride and Prejudice is the best. Oh, I just did actually to clarify earlier when I said movies that make me feel a certain way. I did classify westerns make me feel dusty and dry. Medievals make me feel oily and dirty. This makes me feel cold and wet. I agree with that. So that's that's why I didn't like this one. Not as much oily. No central heating. No plumbing. Yeah. Yes, it did. It looked largely unpleasant. Mm -hmm. It also makes you realize like we forget how fucking good we have it nowadays. Mm, like, yeah. I can go to the restroom inside. Mm-hmm. I have water right at my fingertips. I can yeah. make Kool-Aid whenever <laughs> I feel like. You probably do that in Victorian times, too. <laughs> Victorian Kool-Aid? <laughs> yeah. Well, if you had the Kool-Aid mix, all you need is water. You know you can order pretty much any Kool-Aid flavor, even defunct ones on eBay? Which I did drunk a few years ago. I know you gave me some. Yeah, it's excellent Kool Aid. <laughs> um, okay, so the opening line of Pride and Prejudice is: "It's a truth, universal. It is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife." This is funny. Come on, it's a universal <laughs> truth. A rich dude, a rich single dude, must be looking for a wife because that's like what people see. And that's how it opened. She was like the Chuck Lorre of her day. Come on. I did enjoy the end of the movie. I, I had to pause it because it was so funny. Mm-hmm. It wraps up very succinctly, huh? It came quick. Yeah. That ending like was boom. Yeah. But the part where the ending, like it almost freeze frames. It may even freeze frame on just Alan Rickman throwing like money in the air at poor people <laughs> from their carriage. <laughs> but they like, did. Money and money and <laughs> yeah. money. God, I Thanks love. Thanks for coming to our wedding. I love Alan Rickman so know, much. So did you, I, I, so then you really like this movie? Have you watched it a bunch? Was this really the first time you'd watched I've it in a it while? I've seen it twice. Okay. So this is the first time I've seen it in, in Probably 10 years. I mean, do you think you'd really years. watch it again soon? Uh, no. Because, I mean, it is... You know, some movies you can kind of zone out and then come back in, like clue, like Clueless. You know, it's yeah. just like a phone. I feel yeah, like you this, you kind of pay attention. Yeah, you have to pay attention. Because, again, the thing with him getting a girl pregnant... What? I missed that somehow. Oh. The confidant portion, I was paying attention Alan for. Rickman told Emma Thompson... Like, I, I mean, don't want to speak ill of him, but FYI. 
I I promise you, you I really Wilkin. tried paying attention for this whole thing, but over two hours. <sighs> the sheep were supposed to look like they had their winter coats on, but it was actually getting to be summertime, and a few of them passed out from exhaustion. Oh, no. So they had to shave them. They had to shear them all right there. Oh, no, poor sheep. Yeah. Oh. They were so hot. Now I feel bad for those little <laughs> sheep. That's why Angley won't work with sheep anymore. Angley's like, nope, we're done. Oh, Mr. Sheep. Emma Thompson wrote a book about writing the screenplay. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That would be good. I yeah. should read that. You Report should read back. it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that could be at least somewhat interesting for someone that's into all of this. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder how do you... <clears throat> did, so did the Jane Austen society like it didn't you say they wrote or some they stuff they did but they didn't like how she had upped mr fair's character and made hugh grant the handsome devil that he is well because you would figure with this being an author that's you know still widely revered like mm-hmm. there's probably a lot of people out there that are pretty passionate about it and if it yeah. didn't hit the mark i feel like they'd still probably be pretty pissed about it yeah yeah so I'm guessing that if it has, we should a, write them a letter. I'm guessing if it has a 98 <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes, that it probably still is. I wonder how they feel about Clueless. They that don't like now, it. see, that would be the more interesting question. Yeah. Uh, Jane Austen lived in Bath in England, which is um, uh, in the West. And when I studied abroad there, I went to Bath, and I didn't go in her house. Because we had to go to dinner. <laughs> but I walked by it. <laughs> you walked by it? Mm-hmm. If I had said that to you, you would be scolding me right I now. I was in a big group of people and it was like, oh, there's Jane Austen's house. We have to go. But we also didn't even go to the baths, the Roman baths. I mean, we were cheap college students. Yeah, It's like, it's like $10 to get in here. Mm, we're going to go to dinner. Isn't it funny that you think back to some of the... the Things that you did yeah. when you traveled <laughs> and, you know, in the moment you were just kind of like, this is, this is about all I can muster. Mm-hmm. Things you skipped out on or didn't do. And looking back, you're like, what the hell is wrong with you? Because yeah. I can tell you when I did, you know, travel through Asia, there were days that I'm sitting in downtown Bangkok, Thailand, and I'm just like, dude, I just want to get McDonald's and go to fucking yeah. bed. And it's like, you are in Bangkok mm-hmm. and there's all this delicious cuisine and all this and, and just. But co- you can't stay outside your comfort level forever. You know, it's like sometimes you just need. When and to me at that point, it wasn't even just it wasn't comfort. I was just exhausted. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't an it wasn't well, like tiring, I pressed yeah. my comfort that much. It was just I was literally so go 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 that I stopped caring about. Like I I missed. Mm-hmm. I stopped thinking about where I was yeah. and what I was really giving up, and was just selfishly like fuck this. I don't want to do anything. Yeah. And and I get that same way when I travel now too. Anywhere mm-hmm. where it's just like God, where was I? Um, like I was in downtown Denver one time mm-hmm. and I had all day to myself, like literally just the hotel. And instead I just stayed in the hotel room and slept mm-hmm. cause I was like, I'm fucking tired. Fuck this. And it's yeah, like, no, I could have played a good around. amount of beer pong in our apartment in London rather than going out and running around. But we also were trying to save money. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have a lot of money. So we would get like a case of carling and get on the last tube before the tube closed. Did you know the tube closes at 11? Doesn't seem right. And the night buses are a nightmare. I got us switched around and we ended up like across the river and south into a crappy area of London because I couldn't understand. The night bus? The night bus. That's in English. It was very confusing. (laughs) So 
we would go and then play beer pong in our rooms just like at ud except we're in england (laughs) but with just kids from ud yeah we all live together yeah (laughs) you are gonna say it's a romantic comedy convince convince me talk me into how is it not i don't know convince me that it's not i didn't laugh during it oh jeez but i probably also didn't did the joke you didn't understand it yeah well meet cute there are a couple of meet yes sir where were the fart jokes oh yeah whoops I didn't see one whoopee cushion. <laughs> um, Emma Thompson meets Hugh Grant at the Dashwood house when they're about to be kicked out. And he is trying to be friendly and nice, even though it's basically his sister who's responsible for kicking them out of their own house. And the youngest Dashwood is hiding under that table. Do you remember oh, yes, that? I do and remember he's, that. He's like very scene. sweet to her. Okay, that was kind of cute. Oh. Yeah, and like gets her eventually to come out. And and Emma Thompson's like, oh, I like him. And he's even keeled like she is and, you know, doesn't want a big fancy London life. He just wants to be a minister in rural England. Um, Marianne's meet cute with Willoughby is when he rides up on that horse, right? And he's very dashing. It's like, oh, Willoughby. And Alan Rickman's is less exciting. It's like he just comes in and sees her playing the piano and he's like totally smitten with her and she barely even acknowledges him. Is Alan Rickman handsome to a lady? Sometimes. Okay. Young Alan Rickman, yeah. He's got a funny thing with his mouth. (laughs) But uh, I love him. Everyone. Yeah. If you don't like Alan Rickman, just get right out. Right. Exactly. Uh, reason they can't be together. Turns out Hugh Grant is engaged to Lucy Steele secretly. And Mr. Willoughby is a total player who got someone else pregnant and is like stringing her along, stringing Marianne along, basically. Okay. So we've got... So there's Meet Cute. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack was nominated for an Academy Award. Very... <laughs> You know, traditional classical music. Mm-hmm. Um, was there a montage? If uh, no, I don't think not that so. I can think of. I don't think there was. Um, I would say the sassy side friend is the neighbor, the or at least the two neighbors. Yeah, they're very silly. I take that because yeah, they do kind of push things a little forward. They and have explain the comedy. Situations they're the silly. All comedy right, people. all right. I'll, I'll. Okay, they, they. I did laugh at them a couple times. So yeah. I guess you're right. Mm-hmm. And they're good at kind of giving back to reality speeches. Like you stop worrying, we'll figure this out. We'll have you, you married know? by next yeah. Boulderton Day. <laughs> exactly by Boxing Day. Um, nobody really has a job because they're all like upper class, you know, ladies. I guess Edward wants to be a clergyman and Mr. Willoughby just was living off his inheritance and Colonel Brandon, Alan Rickman was uh, in the army. So there's that. Uh, they're set in Devon and in London. So yeah, Devin I guess this could only be set outside. in... I mean, not necessarily Devon, any English countryside. Well, yeah, but it would work. have to be... I mean, it, English is, countryside. it is a yeah. period piece set in England. For sure. It's... Yeah. Um, I think it has a lot of levity. There's lots of silly things that happen. And... I, yeah, yeah, you're right. But there's an undercurrent of real melancholy. It's like Mrs. Dashwood loses her husband and then they get kicked out of their house and have to live like off their cousin's... like 
dull. Yeah, how much of an asshole is that guy's wife? Yeah. Just being like, She's get awful. out of my house. Yeah. That's, she was awful. Yeah. She played that so well. <laughs> the subgenre, I would say, is like the period the period drama, right? Yeah. I guess we'll have to create that one. Yeah. yeah. The historical yeah. rom-com. Yeah, i call it. Yeah, I'd go okay. with that. I don't know what else to call it. Um, let's see. Are there learning moments? I think there is for Marianne, uh, you know, and I think, oh, Alan Rickman has a great, like, um, back to reality speech for Emma Thompson when she says, I wish that, she, well, you know, like she finally got her heart broken by Mr. Willoughby and I hope that this changes her into a more responsible person. And Alan Rickman's basically like, I hope it doesn't like, you should be happy that your sister is so naive and beautiful and able to just, you know, sing like a bird through life. Mm -hmm. And if you want her to, you know, be more serious and circumspect, then you're taking away some of her, you know, natural charm. And he, then he tells her the whole story of the girl he was in love with and how he didn't end up like he regrets every day that he didn't follow his heart and that's how she was too. So he's happy to see her being so childlike and in love with romance. That's like part of the reason he liked her. Okay, yeah, I'll take that as a, a life lesson from it. I'm really glad you're explaining this movie to me. It sounds like it would be very enjoyable. Yeah, right. <laughs> cameos, no cameos. Everybody's just English. Yeah, I mean this. This isn't slapsticky. It doesn't have that rom com slapstickiness. No, to where, it doesn't. You know. You'd be like, wait, but it's is, clearly is a that comedy. Billy Crystal in the background? Like, like, yeah. It's from that time period when if it's not everyone dying or a historical reenactment, then it's a comedy. Mm. Like there's there's humor in it. Yeah. You know? Okay. So there you go. I I will give you one new element of a romantic comedy that I we may have to start looking at. All right. Time. Time. <laughs> I have compiled the length of times of the romantic comedies that we've watched to this point and of the 30 now romantic comedy movies we've watched. Mm-hmm. Our mean mm-hmm. is an hour and 48 minutes. Our hmm. median is an hour and 47 minutes. Hmm. And our range goes from an hour and 30 minutes. To which 89. Is, <laughs> and, wait, what? I thought that the range, I thought that the shortest one was 89 minutes. Um, that, is the, the wedding date. Wedding date. Oh, it might be 89. I, I, I In going just really fast on Google, I just typed in whatever and it came at an hour 30. So what I'd, is that? That'd be an yeah, hour that's 28. 90. Hour 20. Yeah. Yeah. So hour 20. Yeah. So an hour 30 mannequin and wedding date tied. Mm. Uh, and it goes from an hour 30 all the way to two hours and 18 with the holiday. Pride and Prejudice, mm. Prejudice was two hours and 15. So it missed it by three minutes. Mm. So I really but wonder. Notice this, though, to counterbalance that. Mm-hmm. Both the holiday and Pride and Prejudice have multiple romances, Love stories, yeah. multiple yeah, storylines. That's a good point. That's a good point. A lot going on. And it, Kate Winslet's in both. It just looks like looking at this, though, that romantic comedy sweet spot is like hour 40 to hour 50 What if Kate Winslet is the dark horse that makes everything longer? Think about Titanic's like three and a half hours long. 
are you Kate are you, Winslet can't be in a movie that's less than two hours long I may actually have to put put that into an Excel <laughs> file at some point and see maybe they'll be on Kate. the next episode yeah like oh god we're doing another Kate Winslet I'm gonna be locked <laughs> in this thing for four hours exactly well, either way, so that was just a point that I thought was worth bringing up is that yeah. <clears throat> maybe it is something that goes along with romantic mm-hmm. comedies that it's like there is a sweet spot of time where once you go over, mm-hmm. it kind of drags it out a little much. But I guess maybe I maybe the holiday being so high, I like the holiday, so maybe that mm-hmm. you know does. It has way. more plot. And Knocked Up was two hours and eight minutes. Wedding Crashers was two hours and eight minutes. Mm-hmm. You've Got Mail was two hours. <sighs> Yeah. It's, it, I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, we'll, we'll follow this in the next we'll few and see where it yeah, starts we'll floating. We'll take a look at it. Yeah. Maybe that'll lead us I somewhere. I like it. So. I think the wedding date was just ridiculous. It should not have been that short. No, we went, it and we went through way that. more it, information. And they most certainly could have. They just, yeah. they made a conscious effort what was for whatever the other reason short not one? to. Mannequin. Oh, yeah. And mannequin. that makes sense. <laughs> so I Married an Axe Murder was only an hour 36. Huh. Just Friends, Ugly Truth, 500 Days. Those were all 137, 136. Huh. I mean, it's wait. That's different. One hundred and thirty. Or I mean, sorry, an hour thirty six. Okay. Sorry, I'm in it. Got it. Yeah. So got it. Got uh, it. So then, you know, if an alien came to Earth, Oof. Would if you an alien that was interested in historical, yeah, rom coms. Uh, <laughs> I mean, no, that wouldn't be my first thing to show the alien, but. It would be something I would show him to give him like an idea of, you know, what things used to be like. <laughs> so for then from uh, on, you know, usual scale of one to ten. It, ten being a, a film you'd show an alien to show them the genre. Mm-hmm. It's not a ten for you, but I you've made it sound like you definitely would have oh, this yeah. kind of higher up. So what would you oh, give yeah. it as a number? I'd probably have it as like... An 8.5 or a 9. Wow, okay. Yeah. I, I'll tell you what I'm just having such trouble with on it is I just can't get past the period aspect of it. Hmm. For whatever, I just, there's a block there for me. But tr- you thought that Roman Holiday was comedy. Yeah, but that was an older movie, but it was set in a time I, I could connect with. Hmm. You know, like, this is so foreign to me, hmm. I don't connect with it at all. And maybe that's part of what I like in a romantic comedy, is this, yeah. that you can connect with it. And, and I'll get to how we could change that in a minute, but I, I almost want to abstain from giving it a score, because I feel like I'm just, hmm. I just don't get it. But it, I feel like maybe... we should do, like, Shakespeare and really watch you flounder. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would... Oh, there is like though. the I taming heard, of the shrew. I heard about a really. Well, we'll do uh, ten things I hate about you at some point. But Isn't no, that taming of the, the shrew. We'll do the actual. Yeah, <laughs> there is a thing I heard about with Shakespeare though in Chicago, and then it goes to L.A. sometimes, and it's like she, Im, the improvised Shakespeare company, mm-hmm. and I've heard it's wonderful, mm-hmm. and I have no clue what it is, but I would love to see it at some point. Well, either way, it, I, I'll go. You know what? I'll go with you. I'll, I'll give this like. I'll give it like an eight just because you did make a good argument that it has these elements. Mm-hmm. Maybe doesn't it think, doesn't mean you like it. Yeah. And maybe it, maybe it sh- even should trend higher. If mm-hmm. I could, if I had really been invested enough in it that for two hours, 15 minutes, whatever it may be that I could have been mm-hmm. right there paying attention. 
I and, think like, it's just the, the vehicle dialogue. for you. Yeah. Because if you Maybe. took this exact same plot. That's what I want to, I have written here. And yeah. updated it. I think you'd be fine. Well, and that's what I want to talk about. Because Willoughby was... is hilarious in his ridiculous romanticism. I mean, one at one point, the mom turns to the one daughter and is like, is he really a man? Because he's just so like quoting Shakespeare and spinning her around in circles and saving her as she's in the rain and riding up on horseback. Like he is intended to be a fairly ridiculous character. Well, I have written here that, you know, set set this in high school or college and I love it. I have that written right here. The juxtaposition between the two sisters, the third sister is the precocious child. So I guess, what did I say, eight? then Then I'll say like eight on it. But I can, yeah. but you, like, you're right. You set this yeah. contemporary. Yeah. I would, I think this is a really good romantic comedy story and it would probably Even resonate with me. Even the exact same actors. It could be like a four weddings and a funeral kind of thing. Like, same actors, contemporary setting, people are running around. You think you'd like to see, like, adults doing this story, not like a high school, college? I could yeah. see this being pretty interesting, like a... Like a high school one where they lose their money and have to go to a, uh, they go from like a private high school to maybe a uh, more urban public mm-hmm. school. Or That'd be fun. if you really wanted to make it weird, ooh, what if it was a college one, but they were in like the good dorm and they lost like all their money or connections or something <laughs> and they had to live in like what the bad if dorm. They were in the college scandal. And oh, ooh, they had to I go. Love it, I love it. I love it. From they thought they were at USC, and then they had oh to go to like God. San Diego State or something. Sarah, I love this so yeah. much. That would be really fun. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. We, we should write this. We absolutely <laughs> should write this. We need to tag Hallmark Channel on. This could be yeah. a Hallmark Channel. This this would be a better real movie, but it could yeah. also be a Hallmark Channel really movie. Really on the nose since Larry Laughlin just got kicked off Hallmark. Oh my. God. God, mm-hmm. they could have a comment about her. Like, yeah. we yeah, we got caught for that shit. My parents got caught for that shit. Lori Laughlin did. Yeah. Oh my God. Because you're right. It would work that it's like all these, mm-hmm. you know, sisters mm-hmm. trying to find love in different ways. A ludicrous, over-the-top, star-crossed mm-hmm. lover. Oh my goodness. That would mm-hmm. yeah okay so you you yeah I think you just made a very good point that you set this today I love it more as a romantic comedy yeah. so yeah I'll go with you then then you're right. right we're cool yep Sarah we have an Instagram where do people look at that uh, they go to Instagram and open romcomcom dotcom which I have not been filling lately because I gave up Instagram for Lent so I am very sorry one and all it's also on Facebook. <laughs> look at some of those and sarah will update it after lent but you know we'll get this episode. i gotta beat my addiction <laughs> well and then uh i also do want to thank as always this is my suitcase for letting us use their song love off the album the keys to cat heaven That's right. oh and we did get a few suggestions on our email one of our listeners leslie some really interesting things laws of attraction i was a male war bride i was a male war bride yeah okay sounds interesting the bachelor and the bobby soccer <laughs> so i don't socks soxer that touch of mink interesting stuff so we got to get into that oh see wow. what we can find and we appreciate that leslie yeah the bachelor and the bobby soccer has a pretty if Pretty you guys, cool if you want to hear the things you want to hear, you got to tell us. Dude, Carrie Grant's in that and Shirley Temple. Yeah. See? Yeah. Okay. You got to go. Oh, school. yeah. But yeah, if Sarah, if someone did want to send us an email, what email address should they send you that to? You go on mail 
at romcomcom.com. You can also send us, you know, Facebook messages, comment on stuff, or if you know us, just talk to us. And rate, review, and subscribe. That helps us out an awful lot. lot. Um, Cool. I'm excited. We'll have to look into some of those suggestions. I'm already Mm -hmm. excited about this Cary Grant one because he's the man. Um, Or at least what I know of him. But I'm sure you'll tell me terrible things. Mm, I don't know. Oh, good. Well, I had fun, Sarah. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Bye. Yeah, yeah. They don't die.